This podcast contains strong language and is intended for mature audiences. It is for entertainment purposes only. Earlier this week, Wendy and I sat down with Stacey Goral of Forever Matchmaking to talk about dating and finding the one in this modern swipe right kind of dating world. And in the midst of it, we all ended up telling our own stories about finding love, and we hope the advice and guidance we give can help you guys out there. So enjoy. Is it a fancy? like to introduce you to Big Mike. Hello. That's Big Mike. My ringer is off. <laughs> I got my ring on. It's you got off. the ringer off? Okay. I got it, All girl. Right. My favorite two people in the whole wide world are here Yay. in the studio. Yay. You, too. So welcome back, podcast listeners, podcast people. Thanks for tuning in to The Relationship Show with Dr. Wendy and Miss Jenny. We're two L.A.-based psychotherapists hoping to help you improve the quality of your relationships to just about everything and everyone. I'm Jenny J.V. Wilson, a.k.a. Miss Jenny. And I'm Wendy, Dr. Wendy O'Connor. And today we're talking with Stacy Gorl from Forever Matchmaking about how people might find a match in this modern dating climate. Yes. Welcome. Thank you ladies for having me. Yes. Uh, Stacy is originally from Rhode Island and she's the founder and CEO of Forever Matchmaking in Los Angeles. Uh, They are bringing more love to the world one date at a time. And as is often the case, Stacy found her perfect match just as she was ready to give up on finding the one and has been married since 2013. Yes, lucky 13. <laughs> and uh, I understand that it's sort of bi-coastal too. You have, you have a bigger presence than just L.A. Is that, that accurate? I, it is accurate. Uh, we launched June 29th of last year, 2017, and then we launched in Rhode Island on August 3rd. And I am, since I'm originally from Rhode Island, I just thought a coast to coast would be great and everything in between. So I want to help as many people as I can find love. How did you come to this? That is a great question. I have loved love my entire life and I just have been thinking this is something I've been wanting to do. I've set two people up that have gotten married and have kids throughout like the last 20 years. And I'm automatically setting people up all the time whether it's friendships or connections or love or whatever it may be and I literally kept thinking I want to start a matchmaking business I want to start a matchmaking business and I believe in putting everything out in the universe and when I did that literally said out loud I want to start a matchmaking business it came to fruition three weeks later in 2016. So it was the Sherrod, so absolutely, 100%. totally meant to be. It is. As you're talking, of course, I'm with you. I am really with you, but I'm also, in my mind, of Rolodex, kind of going back to TV shows that have inspired me about dating, about 
um, blind date. Did you, did you guys ever watch the blind date one? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that was fun. That is really funny you're bringing this up because I don't even think I ever thought of it this way. But one of my favorite shows in college was The Love Connection. Yes, I wrote that down too. The Love Connection. It was the new it, reboot. I haven't watched any of it yet, but with Andy Cohen. It. it Oh, really? Yes. Oh, I love Which show. is funny because a friend of mine and I talked about revamping the love connection and then Andy okay. Cohen did it. Oh, so. Andy. I know. <laughs> I still love you, Andy. But I loved that show. I love everything about love. I've always been a hopeless romantic. Any rom-com I'm watching, I don't even like to watch movies more than once, but I do like a romantic comedy more than once. And yet you were at a place right before you met your husband that you were okay with not finding the one. So, yeah, yes. tell us a little bit about your dating history I, and also So my dating history is I have I'm a a person who loves relationships. That's something that I've always I was never a good date more than one person at the same time. I just love being in a relationship. So I've had a lot of long-term relationships, never lived with anyone, never gotten engaged, and I thought you know, my parents got divorced when I was about 14 years old. And instead of running away from love, I always kept running for it and never let that bother me. I never said, oh, you know what? I, I don't know. I've always believed in love. And I was in a relationship after relationship after relationship, all great experiences. I thought I might have gotten engaged, you know, in a couple of those relationships, but I'm so glad that I did not. It wouldn't have been the right person. Amen. Can we all say amen to anybody amen. who was not the right one? And and I listened to that. And as my life was going on and on, because I thought I'd be married and have kids by the time I was 25. Did you know that was on your radar? Like, I want to have kids. I want to get married. I want to have a nice wedding, yeah. whatever. Yes. Okay. But I think in hindsight, now as I'm older, 20 years older than when I first moved to L.A., I think I thought that was going to be my life because that's what we're told yes. and taught. Yes. And so the fact that I'm not having children and the fact that I got married at almost 44, I would have said, told my 23-year-old self when I moved to L.A., if someone would have said, A, you're moving to L.A., and B, you're not getting married until you're almost 44, and C, you're not having children, I would have thought they were crazy, absolutely out of their mind, because that's not my plan. That's There's no way. that, And that was my plan, and I love my plan. I love that that's what my life ended up being like and looking like. And so it, what's been interesting is people say, oh, do you have kids? And I used to feel like when I said no, I would have to justify why I didn't when my inside voice was jumping up and down with joy and happiness because I love what my husband and I have created for each other. I love our relationship. I don't feel like we're missing out on anything. And we are just riding the ride of life together. And he's my partner in crime. And I could not be happier about that. I love that. Aw. We all very have. very familiar. Yeah. We all have uh, gotten married a little bit later in life. Um, Jenny, what about you? Can you tell us a little bit about your... Well, it's very similar. Um, and I talk to clients about this a lot, too. And I use my own story as an example of the shoulds and the supposed to and the social messages, especially that women are given. Um, although men face... They, they face different social messages, and some of them have to do with marriage. And, uh, you know, if we're too caught up in that then we can miss out on so much. And I had a series of meaningful relationships in my life, all of which in retrospect, I am so happy that I had. 
uh, regardless of how painful they were, uh, sometimes during, but usually afterwards. And many people who broke my heart, I later was like, thank you. Thank exactly. you so much. Yes. You know, <laughs> you did us both a favor. Uh, and I tell, I tell my husband that he's like my third husband, you know, cause I could have gotten married much sooner and probably divorced. And, uh, we also don't have children, but we parent each other and we parent the people we work with, our clients. A lot of what I do is feels parental at times. Um, and so, yeah. Do you call him daddy? No. <laughs> no, actually, we have this ongoing joke because there's, mov- there's a movie that I, I love, and it's so dumb, called uh, Couples Retreat. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. And there's a great funny. line in there where the girl's like, I call all my boyfriends daddy. Uh, so <laughs> so I do call him that one, uh, that, and I call him daddy in return uh, in terms of the dog, you know, uh-huh. in relation to the dog. But, yeah. But, yeah. yeah I, Did you like dating, ladies? I love dating, I have to say. I, yeah, I did not like dating. I mean, I think dating was something, and I don't know about you guys, but for me, when when you're growing up and, like, you're a teenager and you're, you're at a party and you're suddenly you're making out with somebody and then you're dating them, you know, then they're your boyfriend. Yes. And so I had to sort of <laughs> learn how to date. And I didn't have a lot of role models for that in my immediate life. And I had to talked to my older friends and this one girlfriend of mine had set me up with a friend of hers who was an older guy and he was so nice and interesting and funny and he would take me to really nice places and take me home, walk me to the door, kiss me goodnight and let me go. And that was it. He didn't push anything and I was so confused. And then he asked me out again. So I was like, okay, well, he likes being... And I was like, so I don't understand. How many dinners am I supposed to let this guy buy me before yeah, I owe right. him the obligatory hand job? We talk about this. I don't we? know, you know, like, what are the parameters here? And, you know, I'm 22, 23 years old at that time. And it's like, ah, who do you ask? You know, I wasn't confident enough to ask him even at that time. So... Had to kind of figure it out. Yeah. Um, and I would be the kind of person that did ask. Yeah. So here's the thing, and I don't know that it's confident. So you would say, do you want a hand job? No, well, no. <laughs> that was kind of an expensive dinner. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, not that. But <laughs> but if, they, if I felt like it was flowing on a date, and I really felt like it was coming back, but they gave me the cheek, or, you know, it was just like, a, I'll, I'll see you another time, or they would set another time, but... They didn't close it with a kiss or a hug or, you know, not even a wave. I mean, there was no <laughs> nothing. <laughs> you know? yeah. But you feel it when you're on dates, and this happens so often. Women will say, I felt it. What happened? But, you know, I just, I, I, I would drive home and say, why, you know, why why am I going to sit and, and wonder, you know, because if we felt it, great. If we didn't, whatever. And I would call them on the way home, and I would say, hey, Sean, did we have a nice time tonight? I guess because I needed reassurance. You know, I needed validation. Like, I'm fucking crazy. Although I could be, but whatever. (laughs) So I said, did we have a nice time? And they would say, yeah, we had a really nice time. And I'd say, oh, okay. So I'm just wondering. (laughs) Just like straight out. Because I needed feedback. I was cool with it. You know, I could handle whatever. But I would say, so we kind of, you know, had a nice time. We kind of leaned in. I thought you were going to kiss me, and then you gave me your cheek. I'm just wondering, like, what happened? 
And he said, we had a great time. It was really nice. He said, unfortunately, and back in the day, I was a smoker. He said, you, you smoke and I'm an avid runner. So, you know, I, that wouldn't work for me. And he said, but I really had a great time. And so that was really good feedback. I appreciate, appreciated that. Actually, you know, after that point, I never smoked again um, for many reasons. But I, you know, I was hypnotized and I just never knew how much it affected another person. But I would want feedback on a date. Some people do. That's some... the actor in you. You wanted notes. Yes. Well, my dad's a director, right? So it's like, you know, you know, I wish I was confident enough to ask for those notes after dates. But instead, I and I don't know if you're like this, Jenny, but I would wait and I would wait and I would wait. And I'm too impatient. I can't. I I don't know. I didn't have the I think it's confidence. Yeah. Is what I'm thinking. Impatience. Because I, I, yeah, I always thought I was a confident person, but not one enough to to be that vocal. Although when I you know, into my 20s, not 30. I finally found my voice, I'd say mid-30s. Yeah. And that's when I met my husband because I I had just about given up and, and I didn't care. That's what I, that's totally what I relate to in your story. And that is what I talk to clients about too, is right. the moment that you, it's, it's very, it's very Buddhist. It's very Zen. The moment you detach from that outcome. Totally. Like you've yes. got to be the one. Is he the one? He's not the one. He right. might, you know, how is do calling? I squeeze him into calling? this? Yeah. What does the text mean? Uh, what does know, nothing mean? Once we kind of let go of that need to be validated. Totally. And to, to kind of have this problem solved yep, off right. my plate, yep. then it sort of arrives. And that happened, for me, I just kind of came to the, uh, you described it as coming to peace right. uh, in something I read that you wrote. And and I, I described it as like, I just came to a place of acceptance of, okay, I'm going to have a series of meaningful relationships for the rest of my life. And I've got amazing yeah. friendships and the work I was doing, I loved, and there's, you know, my life was so full right. already that I wasn't missing anything. My life was okay, and I... But is that just bullshit? I'm going to just call you out for a second and just say, not you, but but I want to do, play devil's advocate, because I know women will go, oh, that's bullshit. Like, like, I need a man. I want a man. I don't feel complete if I don't have someone. Like, how do you get to, to how do you get to there? Like, I know for me, you know, the, the three of us have a lot in common, but for the young women, you know, that are listening or the older women that are listening, you know, they there is that part that they look back and they go, oh, my God, I just I can't believe I'm devastated because I, I can't fill this hole. But again, I think it's an age thing. By the time I was in my early to mid 30s. I had been in enough relationships that I had learned that I was happier alone than in a bad relationship. <laughs> Amen. And this idea, you know, and this idea yes. that a man, a, a man or a relationship was going to somehow solve a problem uh, was a fallacy. It but was, some people would stay in a bad relationship just to say, one hundred percent. I know. I got a partner. Yeah, I'm not exactly. like that person. <laughs> I'm not a spinster, a loser, whatever those negative, right? They, you know, and, and then they're are. perpetuating. It's almost like internalized Stigma. homophobia or internalized racism. It's, all, yeah. it's the same thing. It's our own kind of. We are. We are doing it to ourselves, and we do it to other women too. Like, what's wrong with them? Right. Exactly. I mean, I 
was always a bridesmaid, never a bride. I was and a I bridesmaid thought, seven times. Oh my god, I think I'd say six, seven, or eight. I don't even know. Me too. I lost count. I the dresses. Oh yeah, yeah. With the junior bridesmaid, all the dresses were still in my grandmother's <laughs> attic. Oh, and God. before we moved, you know, out of our, we just had to, you know, sell our house last year. And all that's of a great my movie, dresses, by the way, Bridesmaid. Uh, of course it is. Yeah, it, all of my dresses, we kept all of them. Uh, and it's just, I, but like I said, I love weddings. So, yeah. yes, I'll be a bridesmaid. Absolutely. I love this. And yeah, then I thought, wedding after wedding, well, wh- when am I going to be a bride? And all of my friends that were getting married, it's the, when is it my turn? When is it my turn? And it wasn't going to be my turn. And so I said, whatever. I am happy with who I am. And it doesn't matter. No one is going to define my happiness and who I am because I feel confident in who I am now at this point. So are you both saying that there is hope that if you feel helpless and hopeless right now about dating or meeting a partner, that they just need to relax? Oh, yes. Uh, One thousand million percent. And I, if anyone... None of anyone, everyone who's listening, <laughs> male, female, whatever, please, please, please know with the confidence in my voice that you will find the person that you are meant to be with. I promise when it's you, right. when timing. it's timing, totally. timing, it's timing everything. is everything. And just know that it, it, it's nothing you're doing wrong. It's nothing that they're doing wrong. It, it's just timing. And I, I believe when you love yourself and you love who you are and you know where you're going in this life, then everything just sort of starts to fall into place. That being said, it may not be on your time frame. I also want to right. just play that devil's advocate. I How knew many you were going? To. Ah! I knew that. This, I knew this was yeah. coming. Go Let ahead. me just <laughs> challenge you, back. You go, girlfriend. I'm challenging yes. you. Yes. So because I know I can hear other people go, okay, what about this? What about that? So what if people have a messy life? And what if people are not in the place that they need to be right now, and everything is falling apart, and they found love, and they got married, and you know what I mean? Like so, it's not. Not just you have to be together in order, you know what I'm saying? There can no. be messy too. No, uh, it, messy sometimes is, it doesn't come together. It, it, right. I'm not saying you have to be like the perfect self that you want to be. Mm-hmm. Sometimes but, you don't love yourself and you get married anyway. Right. Right. As long as you love the other person you're marrying <laughs> and you're not thinking they're going to fill a void. That's the thing about filling void. Yeah. You have to know in your heart, and sometimes people change, and and I think that's why. Brendan is my forever guy. Like he is, he is. Shout out to Brendan. <laughs> because he loves me who, for who I am. Yes. All of my everythings, my good, bad, and uglies. And I love him for his good, bad, and uglies. And that is the most important thing. And we have to work together on a relationship. It's 50 50. Not only he takes out the trash, I take out the trash too. He does the dishes, I do the Teamwork. dishes. We make the bed together. Like it's one of our fun oh things we like to do. We make the bed together. I love making the bed. And it's so symbolic, isn't it? It, it is. It, I just, I'm getting the chills right now. I don't know why. But I just am happy it's that. It's a little chilly in here. And I'm sure you can <laughs> say this as well as you, Dr. Wendy and Jenny. I am so glad I waited as long as I waited because I would have married the wrong guy. Well, so. Two things come up uh, with everything you guys are saying. One is a quote, and I don't know who it's attributed to, but it's basically failure is only permanent if you stop trying. Uh, And so as heartbroken, as fed up as somebody might be right now, you know, hear my voice and just keep going. Don't give up. Do not give Uh, up. You know, this just not 
having found your person doesn't mean you will never don't don't totalize in in that regard and the other thing about what you said stacy about how your partner validates you on all levels good bad and otherwise and that is really important and that's also part of the piece getting into my 30s being comfortable being every piece of myself and being a flawed person in right. front of your partner and yes. and trusting that they're going to accept you and you know I always say kiss my flaws which is something that uh, another friend of mine used to always say and it's like because my flaws are as much a part of me as my assets and also what I consider my flaws somebody else might see as something amazing and wonderful or hilarious or quirky about me I might be way more self-conscious about something than somebody else will look at and go, oh, that's nothing. But that was so beautifully said, first of all, and it brought up a couple of things. One, I tell my clients and friends and anyone that I meet that every day you're closer to meeting that person. Like every day, it's true. I mean, you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, the next day, whatever. You just have to be open, which is Dr. Wendy. You always stay say, open, stay people. Open. <laughs> and the other thing stay I open. wanted to say is I, and this is just a cute little funny story, but I make an itchy ear noise. Like when my ear is itchy, I make this like <coughs> thing. Yeah, like where you're itching it with yes. your tongue. And so I did that in front of Brendan when we first met, and he looks at me and said, oh, no, 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 don't ever do that again. <laughs> And I said, oh, that is part of who I am. So if you don't like it, there's the door. Yeah, brace that That shit. is part of me. Brace it. And so would I have said that in my 20s? I probably would have had to eat. But, but love me for my flaws. And he does. And yeah. and Jenny, I really, I loved how you put that. Yeah. Well, I have, it's not a funny example of that. But I have the opposite, the sad example of when I hit my wall, when I get really depressed or have been like frustrated and just have momentary, you know, I get my mood. I know how to manage them if it hits what it's going to take you know okay I just need to be off the radar for anywhere between 5 to 12 hours you know and this is my I'm going to journal and I'm going to cry and I'm going to you know curse myself I'm going Get to love messy. myself yeah, it's going to be like you know whatever embrace the mess uh, and then at a certain point I'm going to take half a Xanax I'm going to kind of <laughs> come back down I'm probably going to smoke a little weed doses and then you know <laughs> eat some chocolate yes. and then be very present oh, I love uh, and, and kind of put everything in perspective again you know but I have to indulge my beast I know my beast I know what it wants and if I don't give it the red meat it's just going to stay around totally uh and my husband who is the strangely enough considering what we do for a living uh is one of the most well-adjusted people i've ever met in my life and what he wants to do with me i have no idea uh i guess maybe i make him feel sane uh <laughs> one time he just uh like as i'm coming out of it i walked into a room and i i was feeling better and he just looked at me and goes oh there's my wife and Aww. in his heart, it was mm. the sweetest, most amazing thing. But I was pissed as hell. I'm like, <laughs> your wife was here five hours ago losing her shit, too. That is your wife, too. Gotcha. I need to know that I can be a bad little girl right. and still be loved. Totally. I, I need to know that I can have flaws, that I can break down. Totally. And you still look at me and say, it's okay. And that's something I tell clients all the time is, you know, really functioning relationship you see the worst of somebody and go i can handle that right
And I just had a vision of all these women standing, you know, in back of me if I wasn't going to take the leap and just believe and take a risk. And I was scared. I had my own anxiety, intimacy, trust issues uh, from my childhood. And, you know, and I thought, you know, this is this is a really big uh, fork in the road. Either I grow up in this area or, you know, or I keep dating the boys and the guys and not really committed and not getting serious about a relationship. So I said yes. And, you know, we we had a nice walk in the park. It was like such a high school date. And that night I had a panic attack and I freaked out and I said, oh, shit, I have so much mess and I need to tell this man. And you know what? I bet you he's not going to want to be in a relationship with me. So it was kind of my way of pushing him away. Nobody's going to be able to handle what I call the war stories of my life or the mess, whatever. So that night. I said, can I come over? And he said, sure. So I go over to his house and, and he said, let's, let's, you know, sit on the couch and relax. And he held my hand and he looked into my eyes and I said, I need to tell you everything. And he said, what do you mean? And I said, all of my mess, the good, the bad, the ugly. I need to tell you this, 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 this. I mean, there were skeletons that were like getting lodged in my throat as they were coming out. Choking on a bone. So I... Not in a good way. You know, I felt like I was talking to a priest, right? So I was like, oh, God, I just felt so good. And and then part of me was like, yeah, he's not going to want me after everything I shared. Probably also kind of felt good in a way, too. Oh, I was relieved, but I was like, okay, you know, so whatever. I thought I was going to sabotage it. And, uh, and he said, okay. And I said, okay, what? And he said, you condemned yourself so much. Why would I be another person in your life to do that? And my heart dropped. Mm. And he said, listen, you're taking me with all of my things that I have struggled with in life. And um, he was a single father. And I'm a stepmom to an amazing uh, young man. And he was, uh, Christopher was seven at the time. But he said, you're dating a, a, you know, a divorced man. I have a son. I have an ex. And, and I have a lot of messy stuff too. So he said, that's life. And he just held me all night long while I cried. And it was like the most intimate moment. And and I allowed myself to be so vulnerable and have the intimacy and the trust that I just never thought existed. But it, you know, for me, it came out later in life, like a lot of us, you know? Yeah. So I guess the message for all of us is like embrace your mess. Absolutely. And the thing is, I feel like what's happening now with dating, which... It's gone off the rails. I don't know. It's become our, a sport. It, it really, our tagline with Forever Matchmaking is less swiping, more dating. Because we have lost so much touch with human connection in talking to people and having conversations. And no one calls anyone on the phone anymore. Social cues, nobody sees eye contact, nobody touches anymore. No. I was meeting a client at for coffee. And we looked around and everybody was either on their computer or on their phone back in the day. And we all know back in the day, you'd go get coffee. You would make conversation with the people around you. And it was more of like a community feel. And now I feel like everyone's so isolated and not communicating and missing out on so many great opportunities. And just to, to talk about you said, love, love your mess. Don't judge you. <laughs> because you think others are gonna judge you for it. We all have to just know that we all come from different stories, different journeys, we all have our stuff, 
nobody's perfect and I feel like if we could just not judge each other and not judge ourselves and just take a deep breath and relax I, I think the world would be a, an easier place to live in absolutely 100% and I think kind of what Wendy said about what Shane said too uh, it goes right hand in hand with what you just said that shout out baby yeah <laughs> <laughs> I love her. this idea that you know why if you really care about somebody why would you pile on and he was witnessing you doing to yourself what we get so much right. from the outside world from magazines from podcasts from t tv shows from like these impossible from standards. your family members yeah, from your family absolutely oh my god that can be some of the worst and talk about self-sabotaging so many people self-sabotage without even consciously being aware that they're doing it and someone might love that about you you know he loved everything that you said oh i think it, it, it turned him on because on the third date he said when a man uh, uh, proposes to you, how do you want him to propose? And I was like, uh, and he goes, <laughs> I don't understand that, Wendy. And oh I said, gosh. damn. So here's the thing about men and women that I have found it, it will be a gross generalization. Some people may have heard me say this before, but in my travels, what I've learned and what I've been told is for men, it's a matter of when, and for women, it's a matter of who. So if a man doesn't feel that he is in a place where he can take on a relationship, that it doesn't matter how amazing you are, how, how great a partner you would be to him, yep. if he is not in a place where he feels that he can be the kind of partner he wants to be or the kind of provider he wants to be or the father he wants to be, if, you know, that's some path he wants to go down, then he will opt out of a relationship uh, or extending a relationship or marriage. And that can be really heartbreaking for a lot of women. Um, and it's also understandable that some women are, especially women who want to have children may say, you know, sorry, I got to go because my clock is ticking. But I have a friend who once said to me, uh, he's very happily married to a wonderful woman. But he said to me, I got to the point where I realized like I was saying goodbye to so many good women and I was yes. I was tired of saying goodbye to amazing women. And he admitted that he had had this idea that, you know, but what if there's something better? What what if what if what if what if? Bigger, uh, better. Yeah. yeah, and I think that that's the swiping culture yes. too. And this is—he's—he's he's older than I am, so he, you know he's older than we are. So this is—he's of another generation. But like getting tired of saying goodbye to wonderful women because you just think like ah, I might not be the right one. Um, and for women, you know, we're looking for the the right person. Timing usually has less of uh, of a role. I. I feel generally, I think it might be changing as we're becoming stronger participants in the workforce and, you know, and we are more independent and that we do weigh like, I don't need you to help me pay the bills or keep the house or, more alpha. you know, yeah, like we, it's also changing it from a need to a want. If somebody tells me that they need something, I have to challenge that you know uh, there are very few things that we really need we need shelter we need food uh first and foremost yeah. <laughs> you know right. yes we need companionship and understanding but you can get that from 
your friends, from your family, you know, from your children. There's there's other places to get that from community, from your from your church. You know, we we want to partner, and especially when you get past the biological drive of it. Yep. You know, do you really need one? And there's nothing wrong with wanting one either. Just own that and say, I really want to partner. You know, but I don't need one, and I think that that's kind of the place that I had gotten to, where I was like, I would, I, I'm like you, Stacy, I, and and I know you're like this too, Wendy, where I, I love love. I, it just didn't occur to me that I wouldn't find someone. Now, I never thought I would get married in my early twenties. It was just like, was it on your radar? Like, I must get married and must have kids. No. Okay. Or no, even I the never, wedding. I yeah. never felt like I had to have kids. I, yeah. And I never really felt like I must get married. Even with my husband, when he moved in, I I didn't care about getting married at all. But I cared about if he wanted to have kids, and I'm older than he is. I'm five years older than he is. Oh, my gosh. I'm five and a half years yeah, older than my Get it, girl. Yes. But it's one of those things where I was just like, look, I'm really excited about you moving in and us taking this next step. But... We have to have this conversation because if you want to have kids, I'm a woman of a certain age and I was at that time. I was in my late 30s. So I'm like, this is a factor. And I was not thinking about marriage at all. You know, I wasn't thinking because then we'd have to get married first. And I just, I was whatever, you know, I would have been, I, I would still maybe I shouldn't say this, but I, I would totally still be with him for the rest of my life, whether or not he proposed or not. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, he, he's just my person. Well, that's a good point, too, because how often do we see young women who say, you know, marry me and, you know, it has to be by this date or you don't love me. It's like held hostage. I, I, yes, I, had, I, I promise I would never do that. No matter what. I mean, Brendan and I were together for I moved in after three months. I had never lived with anyone. He had never lived with anyone. He lived, you know, he had a great place. And I thought, well, I'd rather know now if I like you than a year from now. And so I took that leap of faith. And then after I moved in, you know, I figured we'd get engaged. But we were on that slow train of love, which is no problem. But everyone else was, why not? Why isn't he proposed? Why does, and all that chatter from everybody else, it, it does get in your head. And anyway, we got engaged after five and a half years. I married it almost seven years into our relationship, and I wouldn't change a thing. But so many people put those pressures, but I never, I said to myself, I will never force anyone into being with me. I, I don't, I, I would never want that. No. Well, because that resentment always comes back. It does. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and that does also, and that goes back to the dating game, is that, again, on those early dates, if you are going into it, like, I'm looking for a partner, and are you them? And then, right. I mean, it's like so, so much, much pressure. pressure on that other person as well, that it's sort of like, whoa, whoa. And yes, like you're talking about the boys, guys, and men, you know, there's, there's some people are, some men are looking for that, and they know that, and will appreciate it if you're coming forward with that and saying, this is what I'm looking for. Um, but I do think that a lot of us, uh, a lot of women have put that out there. Like I've got, I've got it. I've got to get, I need it. I need it. I need even to, on yes. the dating, right? I mean, That's on the I'm first saying. date, they yeah, can just yeah. sniff it like yeah. a basset hound. It's like, yes, exactly. <laughs> and they may not even say it. It's so just that there's something about somebody who's facing dating, like, I'm interviewing for a potential husband. The right. neediness, the desperation. As opposed to, right. I'm 
like I'm enjoying the experience. I'm going to be present. I'm going to enjoy the meal, hopefully the conversation. And then if something else comes out of that, cool, kind of just being present. But I think what's happening is that pressure that everyone is putting on themselves on that first date. And, and people aren't able to just relax into it and let it happen the way it's supposed to because they're going out thinking, is this my husband? Is this my wife? Is yeah. this my husband? Is this my wife? What if it's not? What, and, and what everyone, if I miss them? I know. And it, I don't know how we help with that other than just be yourself and know that the right person will come along and and just feel good about that instead of putting so much pressure and anxiety. And, and then, you know, I was talking the other day how when you're on a first date, you're not necessarily yourself. You're not bringing your best self sometimes. You're so nervous and you're not really sure. And then you want to be perfect. But why do you want to be perfect? Be yourself. It's so hard for us to just be ourselves. So there's something really incredibly empowering when you're single. And one of the things I want to talk about is what you all did during those moments, you know, those those times when you were single. What did you learn? How did you empower yourself? How did you tolerate the downtime? You know, it, it takes a while for some women to embrace. So for me, I just want to say I did a lot of lessons, a lot of activities. I took ice skating lessons. I took tennis lessons golf lessons. I picked up a language. I went to conferences. I just continually focused on educating myself um, and doing fun things and challenging myself. And along the way, it just took the focus off just this heaviness of, I need to find the one, you know? Um, so what did you all do? What, what are some things you did to kind of pass the time between dates and not get so fixated? Uh, I did volunteer work too, a lot of volunteer work. I had fuck buddies. Lovers? I had, yes. Yeah, I, I had, um, yeah, definitely. There's I had nothing wrong lovers, with lovers. Fuck buddies. Um, you know, and I didn't take a bunch of courses and stuff like that, but I just kept busy. And yeah, I mean, I was always, see, this is, this is, I think, and getting to what Stacy is talking about, this is where I do know that. There's a disconnect at times between me and some clients. Because so, if I'm dealing with a client who has extreme social anxiety or is an introvert um, or struggles with uh, certain self-esteem issues that would come into play in a dating situation, uh, I have to I have to recognize that that's very different from my situation. I'm extroverted. My my issue was, and this is a little bit different than I know Stacy's situation and I forgot how you I forget how you met Shane but I never had problems meeting people out and about IRL in real life I mean I would go out and meet people through friends meet people at parties meet people at bars I will talk to anybody anywhere anytime anyplace uh and it wasn't like I was talking to people always like on the hunt it was just that's just who I am I'm a midwesterner that's kind of how we are um but what I found in the long run, and this is where a matchmaker could have probably been uh, an asset to me, is that I got in my own way. What I thought I wanted was not what I needed. And so uh, my husband is an introvert, but before him, I, I think pretty much everybody I ever dated was an extrovert. I love extroverts, and they're my people. 
you know, I go into a room, I'm drawn to the people that people are drawn to, and people who are smart and funny and loud, and the actors, the writers, the directors, the people who need a lot of attention, and then you just realize at a certain point they want so much attention that you will never be enough. Uh, and for some people that's okay because they don't want to be everything and they are like happy to let other people fill in the blank, but that wasn't how I was wired. I was always looking for a partner. And once I kind of came to terms with that, not somebody who was going to smother me or, you know, uh, not codependent, enabling, kind of unhealthy, uh, but somebody where there was real mutual dependence in a healthy way uh, and someone for whom I was the prize, I was enough. And even, even the person I think who was closest to that before my husband was an alcoholic. Uh, and so that in itself is, you, you can't compete with the bottle. You can't compete with somebody's addiction. That's always going to be, you know, in between and, and causing um, a barrier from intimacy. So I met my husband online and... Um, I did too? Yeah. And so there's... I tried. <laughs> <laughs> and there's And I didn't actually do a lot of online dating. I know people who do it for years and have good and bad experiences and frustrating experiences, but, you know, we, I mean, it, again, it's Bashir, you know, we lived like within two miles of one another. We worked in the same industry. We knew all these similar people. We could have been in the same place at the same time and would probably never have met because he's not that person who would have been putting himself out there, especially at that time. He's, you know, he's become a little more extroverted. I've become a little more introverted. Um, and there's that adjustment, but everywhere I was looking that I thought I knew what I wanted and how, and how I could get it. I was in my own way. Well, talking about that, the checklist, right? Everyone has their checklist and I'm here to tell you there is no check, but you're not going to get, you're not checking all the boxes on your list. You're just not. And what you think you want is actually not what you're probably going to end up with and what you really want in the end. And so people are so fixated on looks and they don't pay attention. To me, sense of humor is the number one quality. My husband is very funny. He makes me laugh every day. I told him I would be bored with anyone else. And we make our relationship fun. It's not perfect. I just want to make sure everyone knows, like there's no perfect person, but you compromise and you make it work. So that checklist you have, you're more than welcome to keep it, but please be open to the fact that not everything on there you're going to find. But yeah. you, you can get close, but are you ladies all in agreement with me? Like totally. that checklist yeah. is... Yeah, I think yeah. it's Everybody's important got to, have, to have a list of... To me, it's, it's, it's less about the quality in the person as opposed to like behaviors you won't put up with. Right. Like things that'll make you feel bad. Um, but I think even if somebody has a, a, a preference, you know, like he's got to have green eyes or he's got to have that. Like, that's fine. He has to be over six feet tall. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's a big when, one. When you're he has to have hair. Two. Yeah, oh, my exactly. gosh. Hair. Um, exactly. He has to have hair. That's what right. I'm Right. Or his teeth have to be certain. These kinds right. of things that people right. say. And it's, I, I'm with you. I think those things can be adjusted and you have to deprioritize them. Or you just meet that one person who throws everything on the list. Total curveball. And yeah. you're thinking, oh my God, I, I have a friend. This is a great example. She met someone at um, a function she was at. And she said to me that she would have swiped a million times left. Because at first she was not. She's, what does not, that mean? Does that mean not no? My type. I think left is left not. Is no. yeah, yeah, left is no. 
I think, right? <laughs> anyway, so whatever no is, she would have swiped a million times over. And she got to know him, and now they're in love. So all the people that are swiping all the time, they're missing out on so many wonderful people because you're judging from a picture. I think it's up to three or four pictures, none of which all the people don't even look the same. I had someone pull it up for me so I could actually see what's going on. And now I feel like dating has become a sport or a game. I'm not sure which one of you just said I, that. Yeah, I said sport. But it's it seems like it's it's quantity, not mm -hmm. quality. Yeah, and I speak to a lot of young adults, like the millennials, right. and so they're interesting. They said that they swipe when they're bored, and they, uh, they're they pretty desensitized. They don't take it seriously, and it is just about validation. Um, and then once they swipe and have a match, then it's done. They have no intention of going further texting or having a date. They just need that uh, dopamine rush. I literally was thinking about this today on um, you know before I came over here thinking why do people swipe what is it and I think it's instant gratification totally. and it's feeling validated and feeling like they're still wanted mm -hmm. and that is not fantasy yes yes it, it's just or it could it, be trauma recapitulation of your trauma childhood but what also happens in a lot of those cases as I've seen uh, and I don't know how much this happens with younger people, but I do know it happens with older people because we start to get um, self-conscious about our age or our changing bodies. And it's like, well, I was like, you know, hot and tight once. And now I'm like, you know, everything kind of moves without my permission or, <laughs> you know, my hair is turning gray or, you know, these things is that people start to lie about their age. People start to use filters on yes. their pictures. Yep. People start to, you know, do lie things about that, weight. Lie That's about weight. Um, they'll post pictures of themselves younger, and then somebody swipes right, or somebody responds to them on one of these apps, and they start to panic because, like, like you said, the you know, on our first dates, anyways, there's that pressure of like, I want to put my best foot Before. forward, but I've already kind of put forward something that's not who I authentically am and how, you know, at what point do I tell them what my real age is or what if they, you know, or my, they'll see my real shape or size, so I'm not going to go or, you know, or whatever, or I've got to try, to, I've got to go and I got to get to my Botox person so that I look like that picture that I posted of me 10 years ago. Hi, Dr. Zita. I love you. <laughs> and honestly, that's why I love doing what I'm doing. I genuinely care about people finding love, and I am meeting every person that I am setting up. That's awesome. So, no catfishing. No. I, I literally am on a mission to find what you're looking for and being realistic about what you're looking for and, and helping you through the process. And I think with me... I, I, like I, Jenny and Dr. Wendy, so we're all very personable, social people. So I do, I talk to everybody. I talk to someone and I, I had never done Uber pool before. Oh yeah, and that's, I did, funny. that's so funny. And I did Uber pool on Wednesday to meet a client. And I don't know what the protocol is. All I know is when I hit Uber pool, it looked like three different Uber drivers were coming to pick me up. So I didn't know who was coming. I was so confused. My app shut down and then it came back up. And so there was a car waiting out front of my house. So I walked over and this woman said, oh, I'm not an Uber driver. I'm picking up my daughter. And I said, oh, okay. So I just started talking to her. 
And then she said, you know, you have to be careful when you use Uber. You got to make sure the license plate, the name, and the whole thing. And I said, yes. And then I said, oh, there is the driver. I said, but, you know, I had introduced myself to her and I said, what's your daughter's name? And I said, by the way, I live right across the street. If she needs anything, <laughs> have her come over. And so, I mean, I, that's what I love about talking to people. You're just, you don't know who you're going to meet. And I don't know, maybe your mother felt better that I, if her daughter, God forbid, needed anything in a pinch, I'm right across the street. And I'm like a friendly, personal person that she feels like she can connect with. So anyway, my driver comes and I was giving him directions on the fastest way to get to where I'm going. And he reminded me that this was uber pool so we had to pick someone else up so we picked up this other person and I started talking to her and I asked where she was going and then she asked where I was going and I told her I was meeting a client she said oh what do you do and I said I'm a matchmaker we had this lovely conversation she had uh, used a matchmaker before and she said it was a great experience but you know she found her boyfriend and I debated whether to give her my car but then I found out she had a boyfriend and then I thought well I could always give it to her in case she has friends yeah so before I get out she said you have a card and I can give it to my girlfriends that are single. I said, that would be awesome. So I get out of the Uber. I meet my client. And he and I are, are chatting, having a great time. He's an awesome client. I love him. And there's a lucky lady out there for him. And I can't wait to find her. <laughs> so I look at my phone because it keeps vibrating. And it's this girl I met in the Uber sending me four pictures of one of her single friends. I showed it to my client with a bio of her. I showed it to him. He was interested. And I, so I met this potential for my client this weekend, which was two days or three days after I had met her friend. We had, um, we met for a little bit on Saturday morning and now they're gonna go out on a date. Yay! So you, you, you just, just don't, don't know. know. You don't know and I'm authentically, organically, like this is what I want from my business. I want it to be exactly the way I am doing it. And it's, it's from the heart. Everything I do is from the heart. And so I'm really excited to, to what the future brings. And I, I just, it's a scary time. And I'm just trying to help make it more fun. That's what I want to do is bring dating back to fun again. Enjoying. I love that that woman contacted you for her friends. Because yes. that's really important too. Like somebody will say to me, well, I, you know, I don't think I'm going to meet my future husband at this thing. I said, no, but you could meet like the friend or the sibling or the cousin of somebody right. yeah, that's going to introduce you. If you go and you join a book club or go to a wine right. tasting. When I was on Facebook, it was my husband's brother who added me to Facebook. I was on for a short amount of time, just a personal one. And we went to high school together, but I looked at his friend list and it was my husband was his brother. And I said, oh, my God, that's my crush from seventh grade. And so it wasn't his brother. It was going on to his brother's friend list. And then that's how I found my husband. Because I, I looked at his pictures and it was just him and little Christopher. So and I you, said, so oh. you were stalking him? Kind of. <laughs> but I was hoping there was no woman in the picture. And it was just him and little Christopher. And I said, oh, my God, please don't be a woman. Please don't be a woman. <laughs> and then I wrote him a hello. And he instantly wrote me back and then he called me like very old school on the phone love that and the rest is history that's my rule that my clients have to call for the their first initial and contact it's easy. you have to call the person isn't it easy the dating it's easy when it's right yeah would you say that or no <laughs> Stacy? No, I 
I believe that to be true, actually. When you feel like it's things are happening, the natural progression of things, I'd like to call it, it, it is when you're feeling that you don't have to sort of question, how am I feeling? How are they feeling? What's going you're on? You're not left in the dark. But that's the illusion. I think it's a part of the illusion that people have, both men and women, have been sold from, and having been in the entertainment industry for a long time in my previous life, uh, you know, I, I get that I'm part of the problem too, but what we're told in magazines and TV shows and, and movies is that if it's not fraught with this tension, if it's easy, then something's wrong. Even though everybody always says, you know, when it's right, it's just easy. And then people don't understand because everything they see that ends with a happy ending of some sort is all chaos to get there. It's a hard time to get there. Maybe not easy is the right word, but comfortable. Yes, and that that's though that's better... also a word though that people that people I, I completely agree with everything you're saying, but I but people see easy, people see comfortable as being that there's something wrong with that. Like and then too you good lack, to be true, like like, or... like people think you lack passion if it's you know like if there's not some kind of it's not movie love, right, right, and and so people expect it, and so when it is easy. And, and this was how it kind of was with me when I first met my husband, too. I mean, early on, I was like, I'm not panicked. I'm not, like... Ah, I'm and not, I was. I panic attacked the whole way. I, 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 yeah, okay. I did. But, like, for me, I was not like that at all. And, but what... I can't say not at all, because I, the piece of me that did still have that was the piece of me that said... Oh my God! There's something wrong because I'm not panicking. When's like, the so other I did shoe it to myself. Drop. Yeah, so I did it to myself, uh-huh. right? To kind of, I couldn't just be, and I had to, and and I didn't go to him to process that. I that was something else. I was like, you know what? Early on, I don't need to share every kind of question about everything, every thought I'm having with him. Like that, it's not that I wouldn't, Uh but that's also what I wanted to have my friends there for and to not cut that piece of my life out. Yeah. Like he's your lifeline, like boundaries. Yeah. And also just sort of, he like (laughs) a slow rolling out of the crazy, you know, like you don't have to like, it's not like a dump truck and dump it on you. Like, here you go all at once, you know, right. Sorry, Wendy, because I know you said, because <laughs> I know that's what you did. Um, <laughs> but it worked. It yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Different. But there was also something that is really beautiful about that, because that was also, I think at a certain point, you do kind of want to get it out of the way as soon as possible. Right. Why, why waste your time, which I think is another thing. Maybe you guys can talk about this. Is it different ages? When I'm in my twenties dating, I could date the wrong person and know they were the wrong person, but just like a time killer or just like, well, we put in this much, you know, I'm going to wait until it really blows up before I go looking for somebody else. Cause you know, I want somebody during the holidays or whatever. But then when I got into my thirties and it wasn't so much about getting married, but it was just like, I just knew faster, like, nope, this isn't it, moving on, got to keep moving, keep moving, keep moving, there'll be another bus along, you know, in 20 minutes, you just got to keep, and if I get on the wrong bus, then I'm going to have to get up back here again, and so I think time became more precious as I became older, and so I started to have less patience and and less willingness to waste your time, yeah, invest a lot. 
and give a lot away of, of who I am. And because you like loved that. yourself more than the situation. Yeah, and, and sometimes there are people who, and I know, uh, I know our friend Candace had this experience too, where it's like you date somebody and they're they're great and you like them, but you know that they're not a forever match. And it's like, let's just be friends. And they, they go on to be really good friends of yours. Um, but you have to find that. That happened also in my early 30s where it's like, this isn't going to move forward in that way, but maybe we can, but the pieces of us that do connect aren't let's move in together because we drive each other crazy, but they are like, let's go to the movies together. Let's talk about theater and music together. Let's, you know. I just want to say there's two things. So <clears throat> paying attention to red flags, red flag. we don't often do in dating. So Stacy, if you can talk to us about that. Like, what would red flags be in dating? So I think red flags, which in our 20s might be harder to recognize because you're thinking, I need to find my husband or I want to find my husband. Sometimes when you're younger, that's what you're looking for. But if someone doesn't have your same values and, and, they're, and you, they're telling you that information and they're saying that they don't want kids and you desperately want children and they're telling you about their past. But that, he's so cute. I know, right? Uh, I'll change There are a lot of cute That's people. Yes, I'll change My mantra him. is you can't date somebody's potential. I was you, just you, wrote that down. Yeah. yeah. You, that's, that's the one thing, honestly, that when I was in my mid-30s and knew what I was looking for, I was not going to settle because I could have settled several other times and I refuse to do it so why because I'm in my mid-30s why am I going to settle now just because I'm almost you know 37 no I met Brendan when I was 36 and a half so everything pre-Brendan was an experience good experiences not so good experiences but life lessons and when I saw a red flag in my 20s was very different when I saw a red flag in my 30s I don't know if you all you know had that experience as well but if if you know in your heart some things that you definitely want and you're not going to budge on if they're telling you the opposite of that that is a huge red flag to listen to and it, it doesn't matter how old you are if you are 45 and the red flags are there please listen to them because they're not going away most likely you know maybe flags change colors a little bit as people compromise and maybe a, a person might get more uh comfortable in how important certain things were at, in your 20s may not be as important in your 30s exactly so, exactly. a red, so a red flag could also be someone really needy, like a guy who just can't stop calling and texting and needing validation and um, pretty obsessed with you. That's not love. That's not, you know, chemistry. That could be... No, but that could be insecurity. It could be sociopathic also. It can be stalkery. It can be scary. But it's no. also, it, yes, absolutely, 100%, but it could also be part of the timing issue too. Like, I, I, I always think about where are the two people in their lives right so if you're really set with your career and you're ready to get married and start a family uh and this other person thinks you're great eventually wants to get married and have a family but is trying to get their shit together maybe they're dealing with their family of origin stuff and their career stuff you know you're just not in the same place emotionally psychologically sometimes literally and and so it's just 
more work than it might need to be. But we're talking red flag issues. So I'm just trying to think what else we can share with people what might be red flag issues. So maybe somebody majorly depressed, maybe if they've had psychiatric hospitalizations, maybe if... But are people telling you that? Right. Sometimes they do. And also you can have loving, long-term, mature, and functioning relationships with somebody who has been hospitalized. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. I, we, we don't want to... No, 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 for sure. Know, I, and we also want people who have those issues to recognize that they do have potential to... To be loved. Be absolutely. loved and it, fulfilled. And, and I, was I just, just mean say, red flags, that's all. I was just going to say, like, don't be afraid to be who you are, which I think is a huge, is a huge thing to think about when you're dating. That... That is a number one thing. Like, don't try to change yourself. Yeah, and, and talk yourself and, into and talk something. Yourself. Like addiction. Oh, that's okay. He just drinks a lot. Or, right. you know what? He smokes a lot of weed and he takes a lot of pills. Like, If it makes you uncomfortable, that is a red flag. Thank and you. you need to listen to that. And you gut. need to listen yeah, to your, your gut. gut. <laughs> Literally, as I'm saying, you need to listen to yeah. your gut. Wendy's pointing at her gut. Yeah. Her gut. I love my. I call my gut my Buddha, and I love it very much. My girl gut. We have to love our bodies too. Mm-hmm. Love our bodies. Oh, yeah. They, oh, red flag. If a guy goes, oh, I don't like your weight. Red flag. Bye bye. Yeah. Thank you. I think a red flag is definitely if somebody wants you to change for them. I I'm going to tell a funny dating story. So I was introduced to this guy who was obsessed with working out, and that is just not my thing. I think having a healthy body and a healthy inside is important. And one day he was flexing in his living room with his shirt off and his jeans on. And he says, what do you think of this? And I I was just being myself. And I said, honestly, I date guys with guts. Like this is not important to me. And he just looked at me like, what? Who are you? I'm like, your body is not important to me. Your mind and your soul and who you are as a person is. But if you're thinking flexing is going to turn me on, I am going to walk out that door because that does not turn me on. So I... Did you still have sex with him? No. No. Boring. I don't know. I don't have that. I, I just... You don't, so I can't, if you lined up, if no, if you lined up all of my boyfriends, and when I mean model to geek to African American to white to everything in between, tall, short, heavy, perfect body, it, it's, it doesn't even, there's not one type. I do not have a type. I've always dated anyone that I felt attracted to, whether it was they were funny or whether they were smart. I mean, intelligence and humor, bingo. Where did you get that from? What? Like, is that how you were raised or the people around you? Because I think I, I think that's how I was raised. I mean, literally love everybody and treat everyone with respect how they would want to treat you. My parents did an amazing job. I've never, prejudice is never anything. I am Jewish. You know, our dad's Catholic, so we grow up in a Jewish household. But we went to a Catholic school from 7th through 12th grade. It was the most amazing way to grow up, I have to say. And and we were always taught to love everybody. What's your so, husband? He is, he was raised Catholic. He's, but he's human. But he's now, he's now more Jewish than anything. He came to Passover and he's so sweet. He was singing the songs and totally into it. So he... And the matzah. He, <laughs> exactly. So I, I think that that's... I. I just always grew up with an open mind. Question. I really did. Mama's boys? Is that a red flag or it's not a red flag? I think it, it depends, depends on the person, right? Not, not de- just how it manifests 
how the mama boy behaviors manifest in them, but also some women might find that like awesome. If we, if men treat their mamas well, I mean that's a great sign. So it could that could but be I'm a talking mama's boy. Enmeshment. Like I had a boyfriend who was so enmeshed with his mom. He talked to the mom more than me. And then he took me to get a makeover for my birthday. That should have been a red flag, because what? Red flag. Okay. So he takes me, and he, like, tells them what to do. And I'm like, yeah, do whatever you want. And he said... How Esther Blodgett. Uh, how old were you? <laughs> in my 20s. In my late 20s. Okay. Or, yeah, late 20s. And he... Uh, he gave me all this like make your know, makeup and different hair color and everything, and I, I go wow that you know that looks pretty, <laughs> and he goes yeah and and you look so beautiful so he's paying for everything and the stylist who did my hair said, you know he wanted you to look just like his mother. <laughs> Hello, Freud. Yeah, that would be a big red flag. That's a big red flag. Paging Doctor Freud. Doctor Freud. Uh, Mama, <laughs> did did it even dawn on you? By the way, I'm sorry. No, yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. Um, or well, it was turning you into. It's like it's it like, was grooming very slowly, but definitely, you know, he had what I call the nipple in his mouth. You know, he just didn't get isn't that get, rear window where he turns the woman into his dead wife or girlfriend oh, or something. I see it. But, uh, it's Hitchcock film, but it's yeah. I mean, that's just yeah. It's very. That's great. I didn't great, see great. that slowly he was having me dress like her and look like her. And, I mean, it was so creepy. That's but beyond a mama's boy. Yeah. But he's that's... also the one that cheated. So he cheated. He had a naked girl answer the door. And that about hurt you. my feelings. So talking about... <laughs> I, I've been cheated Red on. Flag. Don't I, do I've that. I've been cheated on. I've been cheated on many a time. And so there's three women in this room and all three of us have been cheated on. Which does not feel good at all. But it has helped shape us. Girl, I say thank you. I wish I could hug him and go, thank you, thank you, thank you. you thank you for coming in my path of what is not okay in my life and what I won't settle for. Which is a naked girl answering the door that hurt my feelings. Yes. Yeah. Uh, feelings. Yeah, it happens way too much. The the things that you were saying, Wendy, about the, the ex who turned you into his mother uh, reminded me of two things with the same person it was my college boyfriend he wouldn't tell his parents about me for a very long time after he had made a big show of how you know being in love with me and all this and we were at the beginning of our relationship was beginnings are great right we were very well suited we were uh we were really good together uh when we started but that was a huge red flag for me and it was a bottom line from then on out like I'm not going out with somebody who is not like just excited to talk to their family about me yeah um and it had all kinds of things around it in terms of their approval and class and you know my my father being a minority and all of these things so that that again it was very painful at the time my early 20s I'm glad I got that early on because it was like, no, 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 that's unacceptable. And the second thing was, uh, when he first met my mother and she came out to visit and I saw the two of them together, I realized, holy shit, I am dating my mother. <laughs> like the two of them oh got gosh. along gangbusters. They oh, have the same okay. kind of issues. I mean, obviously they're different, right. but the personality wise, I was like, oh my God, 
You know, oh. <laughs> these two people are so similar. Yeah. And I also realized that my high school boyfriend, certain things about him were a little bit like my father. So I think a lot of times we have to kind of process. We've got to get past our own shit our yeah. own you know our own baggage like okay you go out with a version of your father or people who you deal with your daddy issues okay i'm past those and like oh my god i'm dating my mother like but that's like harville like, hendrix getting the love you need or want. want um you know the imago is the image of so what is his belief right you keep dating mom or dad until you have unfinished business clear up and then you'll become the healthiest you Right. right. Yeah. I mean, when you play out. I just thought of another red flag. And, and thank you for sparking that because it was something I was thinking about as well. How we tend to sometimes date the same type of person with the same results. So that is definitely a red flag. If you see the patterns of something that you've been in before, listen to that because it most likely is what you are attracting. And so try to attract more of what you're looking for. Does that make sense? Yeah, and also take risks on somebody who may not be exactly what, what you're looking, looking for. Think outside because the box. Like I said, yes. it's like you're, I was, I thought I knew what I wanted or, or I knew what I wanted, but it wasn't what I needed. And it doesn't mean that there's not any crossover in those things. But, you know, my husband is nothing like, either of my parents he is a little bit like my grandparents uh, both of them in terms of and they were sort of the good parents they were the good role models they're the healthier um adults in my younger life you know they had the kind of partnership that i realized i wanted um in terms of him being more functional he's more like my grandfather who was my person who was really very sane and but i never really and I guess I shouldn't say I'd never really dated anybody like that because, you know, I have some, I, I still am friends with a lot of people I used to go out with and I so really love them. And, and I love that. And I love that my husband, like he's open to that. And the yeah, people that funny. aren't open to that, I think is also, I'm not allowed to talk to some of my exes because their spouses will not let them talk to me. Yeah. And I didn't realize I was that amazing. Right. Yeah. No, it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's like flattering, like, but I don't want right, him right. too. Like, and he doesn't want right. me. Like, I am so happily married. I am not trying to. But there are some of us that don't, capital don't, <laughs> want to connect with our past, you know, exes and don't want to, uh, not invested you know, and meeting his exes. So uh, unless it's an ex-wife and then you have to co-parent or whatever. Right. But, you know, um, there's some of us that are pseudo-mutuality. We're okay with, sure. you know, yeah. not uh, What I love about it, too, that is that it, it helps your spouse learn about you and, and and sort of see who is in your past and and get to know a part of you that they weren't a part of. Well, I also... Obviously, I mean, in a healthy way. I don't mean, like... If it wasn't a good uh, yeah. experience, then you shouldn't be friends with the earth. But but I always say I, just feel I like never, when it's done, it's done. I would never have gone out with somebody. <laughs> I would never date somebody that I didn't want to be friends with. I would never have seriously. I'm not talking about like just. Although there are some people who I casually dated. Oh, and, yeah. God, I, I always think about the the Christopher Guest movie. Is it Best in Show where it's like everywhere they go, they're like running into people oh, that funny. the wife used to date? Oh, that's, um, that's kind of what that feels like when I'm saying <laughs> that. Um, but uh, yeah, there are people in my life, some who I did casually, and it was like, no, this is automatically we're going to be friends you know, for a long time. And there are people that I was 
really involved with and the person before I met my husband that I thought this is my this is my match this is the guy I'm going to be with and he broke my heart uh or we broke each other's heart um years later he he met his wife around the same time I met Tom and their relationship in he's in New York uh their relationship and and our relationship kind of played out at the same time in the same way but we didn't know it until we were in contact to say I'm getting married I'm gonna get married and we have mutual people in common so it was it wasn't easy to it wouldn't have been easy to just pull the plug but when my husband met this guy the two it was like mm. it was like the sun shining through the clouds That's it was awesome. like music played it was almost like a field and the two of them running towards each other I mean it was like they were meant to be friends I and that. and I love his wife his wife is great but but Tom and Adam, they are like, they were like meant to be. And I think to myself, you know, those two were meant to know one another. And that makes me really happy. And I see Adam with his wife and I'm like, I was never going to be her. I was like, yeah, right. I, you know, the things that, the way that he is, I was never going to be able to be to him the way she is and love for the things about him that she does uh-huh. and vice versa, you know, the, with, with, Tom and I and so you know exes are exes for a reason but I just would never have gone out with okay I, 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 there were times I went out with people who I wouldn't want to be friends with but yeah I couldn't have been seriously involved with people that I didn't want to be friends with or I didn't think were good people but but that's me <laughs> you know I get it I get it and I don't want to talk to them <laughs> I have no interest And he has no interest. And I think it's just really nice. But I also think there's an aspect of, um, you know, we come to relationships with our history. Mm -hmm. And so my husband has his trauma baby and I have my trauma baby, you know, that meet each other. And so there's something beautiful about just focusing on, you know, our new life and our new everything. Plus we parent Christopher and we just don't, you know... um, I think uh, I think it's great when people are friends with their exes, but I just have no interest. Okay, so the moral of the story is else. it's not happening. <laughs> Don't you want to meet us? But Jenny and I, yes, go on, girls, <laughs> have fun. So fun. All of me. Why not take all of me? I do want to ask. Speaking see? of like past relationships and kids. I have some clients who feel very strongly about, if you know, if somebody has not been in a long-term relationship for a very long time or has never been married and he's over the age of 40, then there must be something wrong with it. I love this question. Nothing is wrong. I had experienced this because I have a client who I was going to set up with this person and he is 55, never been married, and she said never been married that's kind of weird and I said why is it better if he was married before and divorced than to never have been married and she took a second and thought oh I I don't know but I think people once again are judging other people right what if he what if he had been engaged before and then it didn't work out what if he just hasn't met the one he feels like he wants to spend the rest of his life with? And you know what? As we get older, we're more set in our ways and we're not wanting to settle. And, and and why is he being judged for that? Or why is she being judged for that? That's my answer. 
And I feel very strongly about it, if you can't tell. <laughs> I'm with you. And the other thing is, is, especially when people are looking on profiles or being yes. set up, like you're saying, I, I always feel like you don't know that person's story. They're, you know, they could yeah. have been madly in love with someone and that person died. 100%. Or that person, you know, got a job overseas and there was just no way that it was ever going to play out and it fizzled over time. Or they could have been incredibly hurt and it took them a long time to process that. And I don't know if I'm so confident with this answer because I got married later in life. And so I sort of know what it's like to wait and wait and it'd be okay to wait. Um, but I think people should, should not... Put that, you know, have that be a strike against someone or a red flag. That would be a red flag for someone. Red flag. For some people, yeah. But why? Why? I want to know the answer to that. Why do you think that's a red flag? What are people's answers to that? But Because they don't think they have life experience? No, it could be their own traumatic history. So, you know, we all come to life, you know, with uh, a, a certain type of attachment. I'm an attachment therapist, so it's secure attachment, uh, anxious attachment, ambivalent attachment, avoidant attachment. So, you know, we all have an experiences and genetics. And so when we're on a date, their genetics and experiences match your genetics and experiences and so it could be that you know that person had a father who passed away at 55 and so now she's considering a date with a man who's 55 and she's projecting trauma on him so there could be so many layers why you know it could be if somebody is uh, engaged three times and so you're on a date and he says oh i've been engaged three times uh, you know, maybe my mother was engaged three times and so I would never meet, you know, or, or maybe that is a red flag for some people. Could indicate intimacy issues or trust. Um, you know, there's just, we all come to the dating with, with our own experiences and it's, and we project, that's what we do. And we have to, that's why therapy or life coaching or, you know, consultation with Stacy or, you know, guidance to kind of clear, make sure you're clear when you're dating, you know, if there's any wounds, if there's any, and this is life, so it happens, but any unfinished business, resentments, family stuff, it's important to, to clear the clutter and work it out and understand where that comes from so that you're really open to new, you know, people coming in your life without judgment. Right. And I think that's that's really hard. Yeah. I think the empathy piece, which you were just alluding to when we're talking about clearing the clutter, is really important as well. And I think you mentioned something about that too, Stacey, where it's, uh, sometimes there are people who I'm looking at, and I'm like, well, you haven't been in a relationship either, you know, in a very long time. Or, like, were you the same person in your last relationship that you were in the relationship before that, and maybe this person has been working through their their stuff, sort of like what you're talking about, clearing the clutter, and maybe they're now in the place where they are ready to, you know, go through with the engagement, or maybe they didn't, maybe they were picking the wrong people who were breaking off the engagement, and they've been ready for a long time. Right. right. Um, so there's everybody has a story, and you know. It's okay if they're not the right person, but at least, I don't know if we owe it to each other, but I think we are, we're benefited by hearing one another's stories, at least to connect Abs on that level. Absolutely. You know, I was telling one of my clients, he was saying how, you know, he was, you know, meeting these women and, and they're all, you know, he's sort of experiencing similar things with all the women he's meeting. And I said to him, 
you need to remember, which is what we've been saying, that everyone has their own story. Everyone is coming with stuff. Everyone has baggage from a previous relationship. So it could be they're nervous, they're scared, they're not sure. And he said, you know what? I never thought of it that way. And that's how we have to think of it that way. We're not, we're not a blank slate at this stage no. in our lives. And who wants perfection? Who wants, you know, a blank slate? Who wants, you know, you know, trauma and, and genetic pool and, you know, mess and the war stories, it makes us who we are. And there's Absolutely. something really beautiful about that. And, you know, it's, uh, it, it, you just have to stay open to think outside the box. And it shows that people can be resilient. And if somebody's been, the more somebody has been through, if, you know, understanding that some people, all, all people don't get to this point, but if they've worked through it, then, like you're saying, it makes them far more interesting. And then it can make you feel less self conscious about where you are and what you've been yeah, through. Yeah, you're not damaged goods. Yeah, because because the damage isn't really damage. It, it's actually it's, it's shaping who you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am so thankful for all the experiences I've had and all the relationships I've had and all the friendships I've had because it has helped me become the strong person that I am today. And it makes me a better wife, a better friend, a better sister, a better daughter a better granddaughter and a better matchmaker and, and a better matchmaker because I have all these experiences and I have said this before I've had my heart broken so many times but I just kept going I just kept going I think because I'm resilient and I believed in it and I was determined and even though it was the 11th hour when I said I was done and then not even 24 hours later I met my husband I still had there was a little flicker of hope in me left and uh you know I walked into Cabo Cantina and there he was ah! <laughs> So let's just give it up. let's just hey, hey, hey. take that part, the hope and the the and the uh, you know the positive potential. It's not totally fo focused on that, but when when you're meeting somebody and you're going out on a first date, what are like what are some topics to explore? What are some things to stay away from in early dating? I like to think that a first date should be kept light and airy and comfortable and making sure everyone's having a good time what you know do you have any siblings what's your family like where have you traveled what are some places you like to go what keep do you like light. to do on the weekend keep it like not talking about your years of relationships and experience i just had this oh, happen yeah. that someone went on a date and they told me the feedback they gave me was that this person kept talking about you know their past relation and asking the person what was your relationship past like and I just think light and airy on the first date because oh, I was I, yeah I, I was saying that earlier in our conversation that people are nervous people are not sure you know they want to sort of be their best <laughs> the other night I was saying you might black out and that's not from alcohol it might be from la like you're genuinely nervous and you don't even know what you're saying right now so just keeping it light and airy and keeping it fun dating should be fun yeah do an activity yes don't go over not to someone's house no do not I mean if and you're don't go serious to a movie either yeah no, I was just gonna say no movies yeah if you're if you're serious about a relationship and not about a hookup and there's nothing wrong with that but you know you you don't want to just go over 
to the person's house or them come over to your house. You want to stay in public and learn how to date and have fun. Right. And going to someone's house, I'm so sorry. And I am a naive person, but this is, you're naive if you think it's not probably going to end up in a sexual relationship and that that's all that person might want so yes meeting out in public and having dinner and i'm also not asking though on a first date that hopefully the men pays i really think that we need to bring it back to that if the woman is okay with it because i know everything with the me too men are uncomfortable they don't know if they should be paying if women i've always in my dating experience i've always offered you know, would you like me to help out with the bill or whatever? And, you know, most of the time they say, no, I got it, I got it. But I feel like on the first date, we were, like we were saying, it should be out and about doing something fun, but not having to spend a lot of money. And don't keep That's it That's the long. other thing. No, Do right. Not. I was just yeah. going to say, Take so coffee long. or a hike or dinner or lunch or whatever, but don't... Uh, the point of a first no date is, is not to, unless, hold on, keep that thought. The point of a first date is to get to know each other and see if there's some sort of chemistry. Uh, this is going to be a two-part answer. To see if there's chemistry, but also keep it maybe to an hour or not feel like you have to have drinks and dinner. Because what if, and I'm sorry, this is the reality of dating, if you're not comfortable and now you've committed to like the next two hours of your life, oh, it's God. very, I did that with Awful. one of my online dating experiences and I just wanted to get out of there so fast and we're sitting there eating dinner and it just, it was awful. And so keep it light and airy and keep it, you know, maybe to an hour. But if you're having a great time, and to all of our listeners out there, you can feel it when it's going well. Both of you, like you're sort of bantering, you're having fun, so then it's okay to continue. If you started with a drink and then you want to go to dinner, that's and don't great. drink too much on the first yeah, date, no, don't, I, One to two drink minimum. Watch I it. Like to, Watch yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, uh, when my, so a little bit different than what you were saying earlier, when I... Uh, my husband and I were talking online for a while before we were able to meet because of our schedules. On the phone or texting? Or texting. Well, it was, you know, AOL Instant Messenger back oh, in the day. Yeah. Oh, now we're so old. AIM. Um, AIM. Uh, so the first time that we spoke on the phone was to arrange our first date. Wow. Um, but we had already been communicating in all these other ways. And he was saying you know uh, you know where do you you know do you want to go to dinner and where would you like to go and that kind of stuff and i said no 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 i'm like no we're not going to dinner <laughs> i said let's just meet up for a drink and see how that goes and then from i was like i i he, we both were excited to meet one another but i was like you know what happens if we commit to a dinner as right. you're saying and then we have to sit there Ugh, we're so not feeling pleasure. it and then we're sitting there so, watching each other chew right. for you know right. 30 minutes is going to be the longest meal of our lives if okay. you know if you put that on uh and so we did we met for a beer and then we walked around nearby and we ended up sitting at a starbucks and just talking and talking and laughing and you know and that was it and he walked me to my car at the end and get it you know, tom both had to get yeah. it and 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 to <laughs> shout out to tom <laughs> and to something else you were saying before during the date, I remember at one point feeling like, I, like I've said, he's introverted. I'm blah, 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 blah. My nervousness, I guess, yeah. too, and, and excitement was just, I'm, I'm on a tear. I'm talking. <laughs> and at a certain point, I just, like, realized, and he's attentive, and he's with me. Every, and I realized, like, wow, you know, 
I've just been thinking about what does he think of me and I'm not thinking about what do I think of him and I stopped myself and I sort of started to try to engage him more and have him talk so I could start thinking more about what do I think of him and I think a lot of times especially women think a lot about like what does he think of me what does he think right. of me and less about yes. what do I think I of him that. that's right switch that. that shit yeah like let me see if I'm approving you yeah. right if, if that you're is making a big, the cut yes you're on audition for me babe right yeah right yeah uh, and not some, audition but yeah. you know what I mean and, and sometimes yeah it's about and, you yeah. not about the other person please like me am I the last one on the bench you know do you think you're gonna you know pick think me, I'm pretty me, enough yeah. Yeah. yeah so true I, I was just thinking about all the times that now you know with texting and everything people are texting more that's just the reality they're not really communicating on the phone but when they're getting texts and my friends are, are on their phone and they're showing me the text and they're reading this diary and I'm thinking, oh my God, it's so obvious to me. And so I try to coach them on, seriously, take a deep breath. Honestly, what do you really think about this text? Like they're, they're getting the answers that they know to be true. And we are fooling ourselves by not listening to what we, our gut, I believe really knows because you wouldn't be questioning this if you knew the answer. But let me just say, because I want to hear about your first date. So what, so on my first date, I didn't think my husband was into me. Like I was used to flirty, flirty and touchy, touchy. And, you know, I had the girls out, my breast is very confusing. <laughs> I, I was oh. ready for date night. And, uh, you know, he was kind of like interviewing me for a job position. And because he's a single dad and it wasn't just my husband, it was, I was dating my husband with his little kid on the shoulder. You know, little angel just, you know, he was he was dating for the both of them. And so there was no sexual tension, if you will. You know, uh, it was it was it was a lovely date, but I was used to flirty, flirty. And he is a fully cooked adult man. He did not need to be. He was. It sounds like you, you were used to sort of like the foreplay date. Like I'm going to like this date is going to see about whether or not we're going to be doing more later are you calling me a hoochie mama no i'm talking <laughs> about a style of date as opposed to like what you're talking about he he was looking it was at you mature date. yeah and like, yes i dated I boys and get guys. to know you that's right and then um, i'll decide if i want to go to bed with you yeah a man wants to talk ta-da like you know they want to actually talk they don't want to just like you know fuck around or you know be flirty flirty like they've got stuff to say so on the matchmaker side Dealing with men who uh, are using a matchmaker or are looking to be set up through a matchmaker, I hear a lot of times like, well, all men care about are visuals. It's visual. It's visual. You know, and in this swipe right kind of world, um, you know, that's especially triggering for a lot of women and hits all the soft spots. And yeah. it, what what do you have to say about that? I'm trying to put the kibosh on that and have people step out of the box and open the box and see what's inside and not just a picture. What's in the box? Because especially if I am their matchmaker, I want them to trust me yeah, that I know what exactly. I'm doing. And so if I send you a picture of someone and it's not exactly what you think you want, but I know in my gut and in my heart that this could be a good match for you, I want you to be open-minded enough to go out on a date. That's what I ask of my clients. 
that might not be for everybody. In the society of looks are everything, which is what we discussed before earlier in our conversation, it's so important to look past looks. It is because a picture is not going to show you someone's personality and their charisma and what they have and their confidence and their strengths and all of that. Yeah, I'm, and some people, I, I know, again, this is men, like as a woman looking at a man, but I know it's the same with women. There's some people who are like, you know, she, like he's with her, but it's like, but if you ever really were in the presence of this woman, like the confidence that she exudes, the the sense of humor that she has, the intellect, the power that she may emit, the, all of those things can be incredibly attractive to and, somebody. And let me tell you something, because I've experienced it, and I'm sure you ladies have too, that you've met someone that you're, you started dating, and they become more attractive as you date them because you're getting to know the whole person and not just the physicality of them. And so if someone has a great first date, I ask, please go on a second and a third, not to judge right away and say, nope, I'm done. No. If you had a great time, I really encourage dating. If there's a little bit, if there's good enough. If there's good enough. Yeah. I did want to say about the trusting your gut, like the texts you were saying, like, what is your gut? There are people, I, I have some clients like this, though, that... That there it's confirmation bias that you know the problem with texting and email and even even a messenger uh, is that we miss tone we miss the nuance and inflection and so if somebody you know if you're looking for reason to write somebody off you're gonna find it you know in their their I had a great time last night can you believe this he's like I know you know I had a great time last night so callous but he could be like I had a great time last you know it's 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 all about where you put the inflection and what you are looking for. And some people, some people, I, I think Wendy would agree with me on this too, that it's like, don't trust your gut on this because your gut is going to tell you everybody's wrong and your gut, like, and your gut keeps picking you the wrong people. Right. You know, but that's where I think having a matchmaker and having an objective person or, you know, talking to your therapist or your girlfriend, sometimes, sometimes they're they're co-signing your bullshit, but sometimes they are objective. I always say we go to people for the advice we know they're going to give us. So Mm -hmm. if I know you're going to confirm my bias, I might go to you and you're all hell no, not that, you know, but I'm not going to go to the person who I know is going to say, Hey Jenny, come on, right. Give this person a chance. Or Uh, that's, that's why I really, I, I am enjoying this process and I'm so glad that my clients trust me and they really are opening their mind where they order, like ordinarily may not have if they have not, you know, used me as a matchmaker. And I think it, it's this, this world is sort of upside down at the moment for several reasons. And I feel like if they can, you know, trust in me and have faith in me and believe in, in my process and what I'm doing. And by the way, this is a process. It is not a an easy cut and dry you know, matchmaking is not so easy. Tell us a little bit about how you work as we are nearing our time here. I want to know a little bit more about the matchmaking process. And- so, so for me, it's, you know, a very minimal fee to, you know, become a client of Forever Matchmaking. And then it's a, a monthly fee. So it's 218 to join and then 45 a month. But one thing that I do tell all of my clients, potential clients right up front is I do not guarantee dates which is some matchmakers absolutely guarantee dates. I do not guarantee dates. And 
The reason why I don't is I feel like it puts so much pressure on me, so much pressure on my client, and for me, I want this process to happen organically. So I could set anyone up on a date, that's easy. I know a lot of people, but that's not organic. And that person might not be right for you or right for that person, but because I said I'm gonna send you out, send you out on four dates, in the next couple months. You're just filling a quota. Yeah, I, I don't want to fill any quotas. I really want to genuinely help people that will find a great match for them that makes sense. So they find you, they sign yes. up, yes. and you, you. what I love about you, Stacey, is you actually say, I might not be able to do it. Like, let's be realistic. Yes. I might never, ever find you someone. But, you know, they, they still like blind faith. But I, I love that not only do you, you know, learn about them and get to know them, but also we've collaborated where I've offered a life coaching session for just, you know, uh, so that we can kind of, um, I can give her my feedback on, on how the person is and any other creative artistic things. Because um, you use life coaches, right? I and do. Different things. And... And, and Dr. Wendy and I have these events that we call, you know, Love in the City, which we held, you know, we had one last Thursday at Only in Beverly Hills. Shout out to Lisa Wagner and Laura Werner. Hello. Love our store. Yeah. And Blush Boutique. Thank Christy. you to Christy and Elaine. And we love going to, that's Love in the Valley. And we have... Um, our events there and it's bringing people together and talking about relationships and there are so many questions that people have and I feel like doing these events over the last six months has really brought people together and, and I feel like they're really looking within and thinking about what they like and we're a great tag team together and I'm so grateful to Jenny to, to have met you today and I just think that if we all work together and we all love one another and just bring more love and kindness and and that's what the world needs more and even though I don't guarantee dates I work my tushy off trying to find you know the right person it's awesome where can they find you so forevermatchmaking.com or on Facebook is Forever Matchmaking, and on Instagram is at Forever Matchmaking. And I'd be happy to talk, it's, it's free to talk to me. So if you wanna set up a meeting, I'd be more than happy to meet with you. And that's a free consultation. And if you decide to join my uh, matchmaking service, that would be awesome. And if you don't, you will be in my pool of, you know, people that I may set up with some of my Come clients. to our events. And come to our events, they're free events. Once a month. And, you know, I, I just, I love what I'm doing. Like I said in the very beginning, I love love and I, I, I just care about people finding happiness and joy. And I, I think that that's the best thing you can find, whether it's with friends, whether if it's with, you know, a significant other, family. But uh, love definitely makes the world go round and I'm happy to be a part of it. Yay, Yay. Stacey! And I think maybe at another time we could have a conversation about this, but I really think and maybe this is a branch for you, that we also need a matchmaking service for friends, for women, especially uh, men too, but of a certain, like, at, you know, you get into your 30s. That's a great idea. A lot of people get married, as we've talked about. We're both bridesmaids. And I hear this all the time. I don't know how to make friends. So I don't know. Much, like, they yeah. can join a group online, but they won't meet IRL. So Forever Matchmaking, actually, when I started it, um, I also wanted to become, you know, not only matchmaking in love, but in life. 
And so I feel like that is definitely part. I've, I've done some happy hours, you know, with women to network. I love networking and having people meet each other because you never know. Where You're a connector. I'm a connector, Jenny. You're a connector. Yeah, that whole, so the, I, the, everything you guys are doing, it sounds to me very much like that. So you I know, think like, we should all collaborate on this idea. I absolutely 100% love it. And it's also empowering women and, and getting us to where we are, you know, happy with who we are. And, and we don't need someone to fill that void. And when we do find someone, we're even better for it instead of constantly looking to to think that that's what you need when it, it might just be girl time. Yeah. And one person cannot be everything to right. one person. And I think that our culture has, has kind of become this thing where we're looking for one person to fulfill all those needs. All and that's right. a lot of right. pressure for anybody. It is. Absolutely. And, you know, sometimes people have to work and, you know, they would love to take you soup when you're sick, but maybe it's time to call a girlfriend, right. you know? But I guess we've all got like Uber Eats and DoorDash. But see, that I, I would bring soup to somebody. I would. I 100%. I would. Yeah, yeah, you're friends. But, the, but if you don't feel like you have a friend or I you have somebody too. who could do that, yeah. and I know we've run women's groups before, and I love it when... Although there are some schools of thought that think that people in the group shouldn't have outside friendships, but I actually like it when they've come together mm-hmm. outside and they can become a If two people partner. click and we yeah. say, you can't talk to them outside, the, yeah. I don't know, for me, I'm just like, if you click, you click. And what is life about? You as know, long as they're not ganging up on other people in the group, you yeah. know, but yeah. that's hopefully, but we would use that. <laughs> for sure. We would embrace it. Dr. Wendy's Dream Journal. So I just want to share for um, my dream journal, I was thinking of things that uh, help as time passes by between dates, during dates, when you get your goals journal out. One thing that I suggest is visualization. I did that with myself. Even if I wasn't sure different times in my life, I would just visualize, you know, if I if I wanted to dream, what would that look like? Well, I was never the kind of person who was gonna have a big wedding ever, ever, ever. I never thought about it, nothing at all. And still I had this visualization of this beautiful wedding, a tuxedo at the end of the aisle, and I couldn't see his face. And it was just odd, because I just, like I said, never thought about a wedding. And I had the very beautiful wedding that I never thought I would have. And so visualization is really important to just just see if you were to play in your mind, where would you go and how would that look, whether it's, you know, if you want a wedding courthouse or by the beach, or you know, if you just want to visualize a nice date, um, you know, how, how would that play out? Visualization is really important. Um, also self talk is very important if you know you don't have a life coach it's important to coach yourself so sometimes when we have some kind of we get tired or helpless or hopeless to kind of keep your spirits up and say I'm doing great and he is going to come into my life and you know when you least expect it whatever self statements help Louise Hay is terrific with visualization and self talk um, positive self talk so Louise Hay is on YouTube she's amazing and you might want to journal about uh, I used to journal every time I would have a date I would 
go in my journal and list the positive things that I liked about this person and the negative things, not so much about the person, but like what I don't want. So, you know, if the moral compass was not for me, then, you know, if they were a smoker and I didn't want a smoker, um, you know, whatever it is. So you might want to list some deal breakers. Keep making your journal active because, you know, then you can stay in touch with yourself and, and keep coaching yourself as you continue on this path. Um, there are going to be times when you're going to want to date, 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 and other times you're going to want to take a break. Don't worry, nothing's happening. You know, you're not missing anything. In fact, you might meet the one when you're taking a, quote, break from dating. You never know. Um, so with your dream journal, just make it active and inspirational as you can. Did you have that. something, Risa? Well, I was just thinking also as part of um, my service is I, I also like to be a wing woman because some people, like you were saying, are introverted and don't really know how to be social or they want to go to a party, but they don't want to go alone and they don't want to. So I would love to go with my clients' places and go to a bar and try to sort of, you know, it, it happened where we were in a situation. I was with a girlfriend and a group of guys came over and talked to us and he really was interested in my friend and she went up to go to the bathroom and I said, you know, he said, oh, she's a great girl. I said, she's awesome. He said, I really would like to go out with her. I said, well, why don't you give me your number and if she's interested, she'll call you. And so it sort of took the pressure off of everybody because I had the number. She didn't have to decide right there and it was, because it was a little awkward, we can sort of sense some red flags going on, but um, I handled it in that situation where you know, no one had to feel uncomfortable if she wasn't interested. And so I, I don't know. I, I just, you I also love... go and observe dating. I just want to put that out there where you will give your feedback. So, you know, you'll go with someone and then they can go up and try to spark some conversations. And, you know, there's so many active things that you do in the moment. Absolutely. We take girl women to um, like sex stores, hustler, whatever. If you feel like you are sexual, you know, romantic, um, sensual Girl group trip, part. The pleasure yeah, yes. totally. You know, and also some I, women are shy. Some I, women are religious. Some women have not tapped that, and it's very important. Or they don't have other friends who are cool with it too. Oh, like yeah. they are curious, but their friends would be get like, vibrators oh, yeah. or learn how to get a know, vibrator, dress up, be sex. I mean, and I recently did a uh, stripper heels. Okay, let me. Stop. I recently did a match, uh, a makeover for one of my clients, and that was so awesome to see the confidence. Huge. So I have a client who needs until... one. I mean, and I'm not saying it because I think she needs one, but she says she she doesn't know. She just didn't get that I, growing I, up. It's part of what I do. And, you know, I grew up with my parents. The confidence my parents gave me, it's really incredible. And they always said they loved me. They always were there for my brother and I. They were always as equally of support. I want your parents. I know. <laughs> they, they're such wonderful people. And I, it, it truly... I lucked out. My brother and I lucked out really with amazing parents. Thank you, mom and dad. Yeah. And I have an awesome brother who I moved to LA with 22 years ago. Sweet. So shout out, dude. Love you. <laughs> Cute. Sweet. Uh, yeah, you guys should definitely, people should definitely check out the events that Forever Matchmaking uh, is hosting. And Dr. Wendy is often co-hosting these, these events. I think it's great if you are coming alone or with friends um come meet some people just i think it's really good to get out and about um 
So we already talked a little bit about where you can find Stacy at forevermatchmaking.com. I will be sure to put everything in the notes uh, so you can contact her. You don't have to pull the car over and write it down right now. We'll and in May, that. Jenny, I just want to tell you, in May, we do have an event coming up. We're still trying to figure out the location. It was going to be a blush in Encino, then maybe Larson. So we'll give an update on our website or they can call us. Uh, my number is 310-712-1230 or write us an email at drwendy, Dr. Wendy O'Connor at gmail um, but we'll make sure everybody gets the uh the current location and it'll be at the end of may i believe yeah and i know we've talked about recording a podcast at one of your events too so I mean, maybe we'll do that so, and i think we have to talk about our girl networking which i'm super yeah excited I, about. I really think I, I really think that we need that to bring people together and like i said as 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 some of your friends find their person you know you may be feeling a little bit out in the cold and need somebody totally needs some Absolutely. people to kind of fill the vacuum yeah. and yeah. we often have the same people uh with new people come to our events so it really is nice because they're you know they're they're able to make friends and they have a lot of things in common and and another event that we're going to do um is sort of like a wingman wing woman event where you know females bring their male friends that they're not attracted to but might be attracted to mixers. you know so that sort of mixer i love that so I yeah we'll keep that. you posted on love that. in may all right so uh as always um you can find me jenny with an i at on twitter at at jenny jv wilson instagram the preppy rebel email jennifer jv wilson at gmail.com my website is jenny jv wilson.com Wendy and I are both on Facebook, as is Forever Matchmaking. You can find all of us there. You can find Dr. Wendy on her YouTube channel. She gave out her phone number. and Yes, yeah, so my YouTube channel, Dr. Wendy O'Connor. Uh, yeah, and then my Instagram, I am Dr. Wendy, And my website, Dr. Wendy O'Connor, and that's spelled out, Dr. D-O-C-T-O-R, Wendy O'Connor.com. And my Twitter, ask Dr. Wendy. So thanks for listening, everybody. Send us questions, comments, topic suggestions. Please subscribe. Shoot us some stars. Give us some positive reviews if you don't have anything nice to say. Eh. <laughs> uh, anything else to say? For I just want to say thank up? you, ladies. Thank you so much for having me. I, I felt this was awesome. I felt so comfortable, and you ladies are wonderful. And just uh, so happy to be a part of it today. Thank you. Yay. Thanks for coming. Thank you, guys, and stay open. Yeah, and be as authentically yourself as you can possibly stand. Ciao, so, Bella. Ciao, Bella. Well, see you next time. Yeah. All right, everybody. There we go. Oh my god, there's so many good songs. She asks love. That's the only thing that affects just to the love. Little Burt Baccarat there? What the world needs now is love, sweet love. It's the only thing. That there's just too little love What the world needs now Is love, sweet love No, not just for some But for everyone Lord, we don't need another man
mountain There are mountains and hillsides enough to climb There are oceans and rivers enough to cross Enough to last till the end of time What the world needs now is love, sweet love It's the only thing that there's just too little We're expecting you I wanted to be Julie. I did too. Shut up. No. No. I'm serious. Oh, um, what other role models did they have for us, though? I mean, who wanted to be Vicky? <laughs> Vicky ended up, didn't she end up to have a, a drug problem or something? But I don't know. Anyway, I guess the message for all of us is like embrace your mess.